Welcome back, everyone. Today on The Joseph Carlson Show, we have a ton of news to get into. First of all, my portfolio is down $50,000 from just a few months ago. If we go back just the start of this year, we're roughly down $39,000 or 10.7%. And the entire stock market just closed out the worst month since 2020. So I'll be sharing some thoughts having lost $50,000 of value in just a few months. Now we do have some other news. Warren Buffett recently bought $600 million more Apple just last quarter. This was at a stock price of at least 150. And he said that he would have purchased more had the stock not rebounded. And Apple stock is starting to fall again. So is Warren Buffett gonna be buying more Apple? We'll discuss. And we also know that Warren Buffett bought 9.5% of Activision Blizzard as a merger arbitrage bet. So I'll be explaining how this works and how this deal is a win-win for Buffett either way. There's essentially little to no risk with it. And there's many clips from the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, but there's one in particular that I want to share. It was Warren Buffett talking about the great market timing of Berkshire Hathaway. So we have a lot to jump into in this episode. Just a quick reminder before we get started. If you enjoy this type of content and want to join an investment community where we discuss stocks every single day, you can check out the Patreon link in the description below. If you join today, you will not be charged. You have a free trial until the end of this month. So you get the entire month for free. Included in that is the Discord community, a lot of extra content and episodes, as well as the Qualtrum suite of software. So all of that is included with the Patreon. There's a free trial if you use the link below. So what am I doing in this situation? My gains have gone from $80,000 to $28,000 in a four-month period. And the news is only getting worse. Stocks edge lower after the worst month since 2020. The fair and greed index shows that it's now in almost the extreme fair category. Pessimism is abundant. Investors are very fearful right now. It's been a market that is jittery and nervous. It's been Fed liquidity for a long time, and this has been built into expectations for stocks. The Wall Street Journal says that part of the reason stocks are falling right now is because the Fed is no longer our friend. So I've seen the valuation of my companies contract over the past four months. We have a lot of macro headwinds like inflation, like the Fed raising interest rates, like the economy contracting and going into negative GDP, and so on and so forth. And this brings a question of what I should do in this situation. What I plan on doing is not following the herd and becoming scared during this time. In fact, as the companies that I own contract in value due to fears of the future, I view that as a buying opportunity. And the metrics that I look at to see the progress of my company's growth is different than their immediate stock price. So while most investors will simply toggle the one month period and see that they're down $34,000, they're down 9.39%, and view that as a gauge of progress, I don't think that's an accurate gauge of progress. If you look at your portfolio and you look at the companies in them, you gauge the progress by the fundamental developments of the company. Apple's last earnings report was fantastic. Their services grew. They beat the top line revenue growth expectations. They grew every part of their company above expectations except for iPads. That was the only part that they missed. Microsoft beat both top line and bottom line expectations. Microsoft Azure, the cloud portion, is growing at 50% year over year. These companies, fundamentally speaking, are moving forward. They're not going backwards. And even though the prices have contracted, I don't view that as part of the long-term thesis on these companies. In consumer, Costco continues to make record sales. They continue to expand more stores. They continue to grow their cash balance, which they'll eventually distribute as special dividends. Disney's operating income is rebounding. Their parks are completely packed. 
And I have a small impression that they're going to be growing their streaming service when they announce their next quarter results. And this company's come down in value again. The stocks may be contracting in value, but the companies continue to grow. And the same thing can be said for Home Depot, Nike, and Target. All of these companies are growing their revenues, they're growing their earnings, they're growing their EBITDA and free cash flow. And even if the stock price doesn't go the same direction in the short term, what I care about is the fundamentals, the underlying companies, not the stocks. The restaurant category is my absolute favorite right now. It's my absolute favorite category because it's so hated by every other investor. They are liquidating their positions and heading for the exits. We have so many headwinds in the short term with restaurants. We have unions with Starbucks. We have higher commodity prices, higher food prices, higher labor costs. We have labor shortages. We have higher interest rates and inflation. We have so many headwinds with these companies that the stock prices have fallen to what I think are very attractive valuations. If we look at the restaurant category, Starbucks is down 29% below its 200-day moving average. That is a specific technical average that shows the momentum of a company, and Starbucks has massive negative momentum. Domino's Pizza is also right along with it, 29% below its 200-day moving average. Investors are heading for the exits out of these stocks. And Texas Roadhouse, to a lesser extent, it's only 7% below its 200-day moving average. To put this in perspective, Starbucks is down 41% from just its recent high. It was trading at 126, now it's trading at 74. Domino's Pizza is down 38% from its recent high. It was trading at 564, now it trades at 347. And Texas Roadhouse is down 22% from its recent high. It was trading last year at 107, now it's down into the low 80s. And every one of these companies, every one of them will have more free cash flow this year than they had last year. So the stock price is going down, the free cash flow is going up. Domino's Pizza continues to grow free cash flow, and Texas Roadhouse will continue to grow free cash flow. So I'm using all of these challenges and headwinds and all the fear surrounding these companies as an opportunity to buy into them when other investors are selling out. Because a lot of investors have different timelines and different investment horizons. Many investors look at a one-year timeline for when they make an investment. And these are positions that I want in these companies for the next five to 10 years. So if they come down in price 40% from their all-time high, that's something that I wanna buy into. I don't expect these companies to post great earnings all throughout this year. I think it's gonna be very difficult but I'm gonna to continue to dollar cost average into each one of them and build these companies up for the future. So I remain very bullish on every single company that I own. All of them are going in the right direction, fundamentally speaking. And I realize that volatility for most people is incredibly difficult to deal with. Seeing these wild swings in stock prices can be very concerning, but you have to separate the stock from the company. The stock goes up and down in value day by day, as investors give these companies different bids. You have to pay attention not to the stock price, but to the company's fundamentals. Every single company I own, every single one of them are growing their free cash flows, they're growing their revenues, and they're growing their business fundamentals overall. And as long as they're doing that, they're gonna stay in my portfolio. And another thing that I look at is the dividend income I'm getting from these companies. All of them have so much free cash flow that they can return a lot of that in the form of dividends. And I see these dividends come in every single month, month after month, and they continually grow over time. Nike is a smaller holding that pays a very low yield. So I got $8 from that last month. But then Vici paid me $406. Vici recently closed their acquisition of MGP, which is MGM Growth Properties, which also paid me $44.47. 
And then we have BST, the covered call ETF, paying $67 in dividends. This is just in a 30-day span. So even though the stock prices aren't going the direction that I'd want them to go, and there's lots of macroeconomic factors affecting that, the truth is, is that my portfolio and the value of it, the underlying value of it is increasing over time as these companies grow economically over time and they produce more cash flow from that value. This is one of the charts that I look at from time to time, especially when the market gets volatile to keep a level head and realize overall what I'm doing with my portfolio. The goal of this portfolio is to be a cash producing asset to me, to have something that produces real money that I can subsidize my lifestyle with. And I do that through dividend income. This graph shows the amount of dividends paid by the blue bar every single year in my portfolio. We have 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and then 2022. And my goal is to continually grow this as quick as possible to the point where it pays me thousands of dollars every single month and I no longer have to work a day job. That is the entire purpose of this portfolio. So I could focus on these stock prices going down and the market having a difficult time, but the thing that I choose to focus on is my company's fundamentals, if the companies are moving in the right direction. And every single company in my portfolio has their fundamentals moving strongly in the right direction. They're all increasing their free cash flow. They're all growing their dividend payments quarter after quarter, year after year. They're paying me a higher amount of money and my equity, my actual ownership of the company goes up as many of them do share buybacks. So even though the stock price is moving one direction, my actual value in these companies, my actual ownership of them and the value of these companies overall, fundamentally speaking, is going in a completely different direction. Now, before moving on to the news, there is one thing that I want to mention here. That is a company that I'm dollar cost averaging into throughout this year. I'm continuing to increase my position in this holding, and it's once again in the restaurant category. Like I mentioned before, I like this category this year because of how much it's getting beaten up. There's so many headwinds, so much bad news. The quarterly reports are very difficult right now, and I think that these companies are all going to have continually difficult quarterly reports throughout 2022. So this beats down these stocks and it really beats down investors. It makes them so they want to exit out of them. I think creating attractive entry points if you're a long-term investor. And the one that I'm buying into, I have another pending order of $550, is Texas Roadhouse. I talked about this company before. It's not as well loved in the food category because unlike Starbucks and Domino's, which are quick service restaurants, meaning they're basically fast food, Texas Roadhouse is dine-in, and investors typically don't love dine-in restaurants as investments. But Texas Roadhouse has consistently outperformed the S&P 500 over the past 10 years. And there's a lot of things that I like about this company right now. First of all, it has a 21 PE ratio, which is in line with the S&P 500. It's historically very low for Texas Roadhouse. The revenue growth has been very solid over the past five years, and I anticipate they'll continue to grow revenue. This company is always free cash flow. Even during the 2020 pandemic, when they had to close their restaurants for an entire quarter, they still eked out free cash flow. That's how good they are at managing their business. And 2021 was record amounts of free cash flow for them. They run similar to Costco, meaning that they're an unlevered company. As of last quarter, they had $100 million in debt and they have $335 million in cash. So a lot of restaurant companies hold a ton of debt and very little cash. Texas Roadhouse is the exact opposite. They have a lot of cash and a minuscule amount of debt. They also have a 2.5% dividend yield going forward and they grow their dividend pretty consistently. So this company 
not only has high free cash flows, but they also return a lot of that through dividends. And I suspect that this will continue to grow with their cash flows. And they're funding the business not by issuing more shares. They don't have to dilute the shareholder. And unlike a lot of tech companies that have to pay their employees with a ton of stock, Texas Roadhouse is just a restaurant company. So the amount of shares they issue to pay executives is very minuscule. And over the past couple of years, they've done stock buybacks. They've actually increased your equity in the company. They haven't diluted you as a shareholder. And they're also growing their earnings per share over time. This is very rapid earnings per share growth. From 2019 to 2021, that's around a 20% annualized EPS growth. And of course, we have 2020 having difficulty here, but I think they have a valid excuse. And one thing that I'd note from this EPS growth, that even during the great financial crisis in 2007, 2008, 2009, they were still growing their EPS. There was only one year where it went down from 2007 to 2008, and that was by one penny. This company held on to its earnings pretty well. So I like the company, even with the higher interest rates, even with inflation and food prices, even with the higher labor costs. All of this stuff is bringing this stock down to, I think, an attractive valuation. And another thing that people don't really mention with their analysis of Texas Roadhouse is they have this new food concept called Jaggers, which is a quick service restaurant that sells burgers, chicken sandwiches, and salads. And this company has done really well opening up four different locations. And Texas Roadhouse recently just signed two franchise agreements for them to build out 10 of these locations. So if this concept of Jaggers catches on and continually performs well, I can see the franchise spinning up a lot more of these. And I think this will be another considerable growth part of this company. So I realize the outlook right now is really bearish for these companies, and I fully expect them to trade further down in the short term. But again, I'm wanting to own them for a three to five year basis at a minimum, not for just the next year or two. Now, moving on, we have what I think was breaking news from the Berkshire Hathaway meeting. Buffett just nonchalant mentioned, yeah, we bought a little bit more Apple last quarter. That was the breaking news there. Now, that didn't get a lot of airtime right when he said it. And I think that it was more important news than a lot of people are giving it credit because the big thing about Apple, the big thing that people say every time you mention Apple stock is that it's overvalued. That's the thing that everyone says. Now, I own a little bit of Apple stock. I've owned this company for a while. I'm currently in the green by $16,700 on the holding, and the holding size is $52,000. So it's my biggest position in my portfolio, and it's one of the ones that's made up a lot of the gains. And one thing that I hear, again, every single time I talk about Apple is that the company's currently overvalued. That's what you hear every time. My average share price on Apple is 107. I've been buying this company since when it was split adjusted $44 a share. That was my first purchase. When I made my first purchase of Apple at $44 a share, there were people telling me the company was overvalued. When I made an additional very large purchase of Apple at $80 a share, I had many comments of people telling me the company is overvalued. I'm buying it at a higher price than Buffett bought it. Then when I made additional purchases at $90 a share, I had people telling me the company was overvalued. Then I bought it again at $120 per share, and people told me the company was overvalued. So my current average share price right now is $107 per share. And Apple has gone as high as almost $200 a share, and then it's retraced back to $155. But to this day, it seems like most investors are perplexed by Apple. They consider the company still to be 
overvalued. But here we have news that Warren Buffett bought $600 million of Apple in Q1 of 2022. So Warren Buffett likely bought it when it dipped to 150. He bought another $600 million of it because he considered this price of 150 to be undervalued. Now, after he bought it, it went up 18% in value and it slowly started to fall back down with the rest of the market. And he also says in this interview that he would have added more if the stock didn't rebound. So Apple is going back down to that 150 purchase price. We could see Buffett buy more of the stock if it falls below 150. So while I agree with Buffett that I think Apple's undervalued, I think it shows how he looks at this company when he's willing to buy more of the company even though he currently has it as 40% of its public portfolio. It's already a massive, huge, oversized position for Berkshire Hathaway and they're still adding to it in the 150s. And while I think that Apple is undervalued, I also think that Microsoft is even more undervalued in my opinion. Microsoft trades at a lower PE now than Apple. It has that very predictable subscription corporate income that's very reliable, and they have Microsoft Azure growing at 50%. So my opinion, picking between Microsoft and Apple right now, I would personally pick Microsoft. Now, I also have some big news that Warren Buffett dropped in this meeting, saying that Berkshire now owns 9.5% of Activision Blizzard. Activision Blizzard is under contract to be purchased by Microsoft. So Warren Buffett is buying it as an arbitrage bet. And I want to explain why this is a win-win for Berkshire Hathaway. I see very little downside in this bet that he's making. Now, Buffett is very humble about this. He says that it's kind of a risky deal and it could blow up in his face. He says occasionally it looks like the odds are in our favor, but absolutely we can lose money on that company. Fairly large sums of money, depending on what happens if the deal blows up. That's not, in my opinion, very accurate. I think Warren Buffett is being very... Uh, humble there, saying that there's a good chance he could lose money. I don't really think so. First of all, Activision Blizzard currently trades at $77.68 a share, and Microsoft has agreed to buy the company at $95. So if the deal goes through, which I think there's a very good chance it will, Warren Buffett will make that 20 to 25% gain with relatively no issue. Microsoft will pay it out, Warren Buffett will get some money, and the deal will go through. So that's the first scenario, and I think the most likely. But even in the odd scenario that the regulators blow up the deal with Microsoft and it's no longer able to go through, Warren Buffett would temporarily lose money as the stock trades down for a bit. But remember that Activision Blizzard is an undervalued company. It's heavily undervalued. And right now the company is probably worth around $77 to $80 a share without the deal going through at all. So I think Warren Buffett sees this as a win-win. Either the deal goes through and he makes some easy money. If not, he still owns an undervalued high cash flow asset in Activision Blizzard. And there's a very low chance over the long term that he loses money on either of those possibilities. Now, the last thing that I want to highlight from the Berkshire Hathaway meeting is Warren Buffett's comments once again on being credited as a great market timer that holds on to cash and buys investments once they've fallen in price. He has great market timing capability. And this is Warren Buffett's response to that assertion. Charlie and I, I don't think, in all the time we've worked together, and I'll tell you something later on, maybe about how learning takes place, but we have, we have never, uh, I don't think we've ever made a decision that, that where either one of us has either said or been thinking we should buy or sell based on what the market is going to do. Uh, no. Or, or for that matter, on, on what the economy is going to do. We, we don't know. Charlie and Warren Buffett have never made a decision 
on buying a company based off of what the market or what the economy is going to do. They don't factor it into their investment thesis. There's many investors do, and there is some merit to that type of investing strategy, but the strategy that I try to resemble is similar to Warren Buffett into not really paying attention to what the market may or may not do in the future. I'm looking at attractively valued high cash flow companies and buying them when they come down in valuation. And Warren Buffett has done this for a long period of time, and it's worked out pretty well. So that's all for this episode. I'll have more content out throughout this week. And just a reminder, if you want the Joseph Carlson Show on podcast form, we have every single episode available on every major podcast platform like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just search the Joseph Carlson Show. It'll show up and you can subscribe for free. So that's all for now. I'll see you in the next one.